We're back in the wheelhouse today with my friends Kathy and Penny, and we're talking about the last of the large paradigm shifts in embracing accomplishment-driven leadership, shared purpose, and responsibility. Another episode of The Wheelhouse begins right now. Welcome to season four of The Wheelhouse. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter. In this season, I am delighted to host a roundtable discussion with two of my favorite leaders in education, Penny Brockway and Catherine Money. We'll focus on one of the foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership. You know, in season three, we explored the five arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, how to plot a growth trajectory, and then how to use those arenas to do what matters most, serve our students by growing our people. We'll continue exploring accomplishment-driven leadership in this roundtable by thinking about the paradigm shifts we need to make on our journey to becoming accomplishment-driven leaders. At Students Matter, we believe it's a priority as educators to prove to each student and each teacher that they are distinctive and irreplaceable. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. Hello and welcome back to the wheelhouse. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler. I am with my friends and colleagues, Penny Brockway and Kathy Money. Good morning. Good morning, friends. Good morning. We are, we have arrived at our ninth episode of the season, which is hard to believe already. And we are talking about the last of the major, and there are many, many, many other paradigm shifts that we'll talk about as we continue this work. But in this episode, we're going to talk about the last of what we think are the really big paradigm shifts that occur when someone is on that journey to be an accomplishment driven leader. Last week, we talked about this major shift in looking at the status quo and kind of tearing that apart and recognizing that they don't embrace the status quo. They they focus on this deliberate change in destination and course. And today, the last of our major paradigm shifts, we're going to tear apart a traditional, a traditional approach to leadership, which is that the leader sees himself or herself as that central piece piece of authority, that, that highest level of authority, and and often has a hands-off, hey, I hire really, really good people. I hire people who have incredible levels of expertise. My job is to just to protect them and let them do their job and let them do the things that they were hired to do. And an accomplishment-driven leader rejects that, actually, and really focuses on shared purpose and responsibility. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that shift from that hierarchical, hands-off, let experts do their job, to something much more immersive, and that is shared purpose and responsibility. So let's first talk about the hierarchical approach. Comments about, you know, we see this as a common common way, common a common form of leadership all over the country, not just in education but in other fields. Let's talk about that for a moment. What 
Why do you think it doesn't work? We could both jump on this one pretty quick. (laughs) Having been a building administrator for 10 years in a district, um, I worked for wonderful superintendents, and this was the approach. And they did, they trusted me, and they believed in me, and they backed me. Um, They were very supportive. But I was very alone in figuring out what to do and how to do it. And I was brand new at it. I, I was inexperienced coming into that district. And so what happened? I created a silo. I was a third and fifth grade principal for a while and then a middle school principal. So I was in the middle, stuck in the middle as a silo, not really helping students <laughs> have a smooth path to the end of their, um, their educational career. Yeah. And if I go back all the way to when I started in education, so as a classroom teacher, you know, we experienced various principles and, um, you know, towards the, the latter part of my time in the classroom, it was, um, it was very common. It was the practice to, to hire principals that were really hands-off, you know, so it was that same kind of thing that here I, here I am, um, I'm the authority and you do your job. So that support, um, that partnership wasn't, um, it didn't exist. It, it came along to, you know, some mandates passed down through federal to states and um, the building I was in was designated um, as a school that needed some support because we were leaving more than 20% of our kids way behind. Right. Um, But our top kids were soaring and I couldn't fix that piece in the middle being stuck in the middle. Right. I couldn't fix that because I couldn't fill the gaps from where they were coming. And I was attempting to do it differently than what they had just learned in the previous grades. So I think that piece of systemic change, just um, that's what we realized was necessary, but we didn't know how to do it. We've had a lot of discussion and full disclosure. We've had a lot of discussion behind the scenes, pre-production around what, what are the words that we want to use to describe this paradigm shift, right? Moving from, you know, and, and, and we, I recognize that, you know, we are being extreme in describing the, the, the traditional, although I would argue that that extreme is still very current or very, very common, um, but we chose the words shared purpose and responsibility very intentionally. And you know, Penny, you have lived into, into trying to make that happen, right? Shared purpose and responsibility. So what does it feel like? What does it feel like when you, as a leader, immerse yourself in a relationship with a building leader, with, which is focused around shared purpose and responsibility? So when you use the word feel, what does it feel like? It feels comfortable. Um, To you or to the principal? (laughs) I think to both. So when you first start, you know, entering buildings on a regular basis, because my 
philosophy is this needs to, this matters where you do this matters, right? You push into the buildings where the principal is um, living and breathing every single day and growing the people that are there with her, with him. And that's vitally important that you become a part of that. Not that they pull out and become a part of your um, not so quiet, quiet office. Right. And so um, pushing in there becomes comfortable. Kids recognize you. They get to know you. Teachers are comfortable when you walk in the door. And that is not the norm, as we've already described for most superintendents. Um, it's often very awkward. And um, that goes away. Of course, it's that way in the beginning because titles tend to do that to us. But um, that goes away because you become a part while you're there of the working life of that building. And you learn to understand that building and its uniquenesses and that leader's way of generating, creating that. Um, and that's that's what drives then how you know what growth is needed, where to grow, where to step first. Um, so I think about the feeling of it and that word comes, it becomes comfortable. You're there for a big reason um, and strong, vital, live conversations. Um, and those aren't always comfortable, but yet at the same point, it becomes the norm. And, and Kathy, you're, you did the same thing with, with your mm -hmm. principles, but I think the interesting piece is that you're, uh, your central office was actually positioned in one of the buildings. Mm -hmm. um, and so you were really close to in proximity to mm -hmm. one of the people that you were, that you were um, immersed with, with shared purpose and responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, does it feel differently when you're in the same building? I think that it can. I think I didn't necessarily allow it to, because I was intentional about being in the other building. Cause I was afraid of that. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, the, significant difference beyond location was really the, in the leadership itself. Mm -hmm. Um, and what did that look like? And where each of them were in their journeys as leaders. So, um, I think even if I hadn't been in the same building, I would, that partnership, that comfortableness that Penny just talked about would have been because that shared purpose and responsibility was, was so, deep. Um, and then with the other, it was more of what does that need to what needs to happen to get us there? Are we weren't there yet? Um, but working towards that. So I think proximity, proximity helps. Um, the thing for me was that that immersion into the world with kids. I mean, you cannot take your eyes off the where that you know your destination and set the course that you're 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 heading when your kid the kids are around you all the time. So it was that energy with being in the same building that um completely kept me grounded in the work that we were doing. I and I love that description, Kathy. Mm -hmm. And I think Grant will remember the day where uh, the phone calls that came his way as I walked out of a building um, in my own emotional state around what was going on. But we had some behaviors, as most in education can recognize. Mm -hmm. We had some behaviors that we didn't know how to help. Mm -hmm. And I remember the call from my principal. Um, I know you're not supposed to be coming over here today for a formal meeting, but can you come over here today? Mm -hmm. Right. And literally, 
sitting in the hallway <laughs> and it was sitting because we were each holding a small child mm -hmm. and recognizing we don't know what to do here. Mm -hmm. And if one of my principals doesn't know what to do, then clearly I have to recognize as the accomplishment driven leader of the district, this is first and foremost Mm -hmm. where we have to go, right? We have to solve this. All our resource, people, time, and money have to come here and figure this piece out in order to make this a, a positive situation for everyone and to help this principal move this forward. Mm -hmm. So just a, you know, a living example in some, with some of our smallest children who we sometimes think don't create the biggest concerns, right? Mm -hmm. So what does it take? What does it take for a building leader to be comfortable enough to make that phone call. That relationship is so vital, you know, in really walking the walk with them. So it's, it's showing up, it's rolling up your sleeves, it's being a part of, it's not, it's answering every call and, and often being there before the call even needs to happen. So when when it is an emergency, when it's something that I truly need help right now, there's no hesitation because there's no sense of um, you're gonna. I'm, you're only here because I'm in trouble. Somebody's in trouble. Um, you're truly here to support me and to do whatever it takes to make sure that whatever is happening, um, I I'm not alone, and that our resolve is together to make sure that student, whatever's happened, specifically students um, are successful. So I think it's just, it's that journey. And I think as you were talking, Kathy, the words that came to my head were extreme humility, right? Mm. Which takes extreme courage, especially some of us leaders mm. who um, are a little bit of control fanatics and think we understand what we're doing, which it takes that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it takes that. But at the same point, how do you have enough courage to humble yourself and recognize the need to learn and the need to grow? And I think that comes from that relationship you're describing. Mm -hmm. If they don't trust you, if they don't believe wholeheartedly that you have their very best interest, not their personal interest, but their interest in the movement of that building for the mm -hmm. sake of those children. And they're a very special leader if that's what they show up for every day, right? Mm -hmm. They trust you that you have that interest at heart at all times and that you're going to walk beside them at all times. They have to trust you. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between, you've you've used some really cool words as I'm sitting here listening to both of you. What's the, you know, for, for some people who are listening and maybe this might be their first episode and they're like, wait a minute, you know, are you, you're, are you talking about like micromanaging yeah. building leaders? Mm -hmm. You know, is this micromanagement? So could you just talk for a moment? Because I think it's worth exploring even in more detail when you say, you know, walk along beside. I love that. Right. I love mm -hmm. that. Oh, you know, and what does it mean? What does shared purpose and responsibility mean if it doesn't mean micromanage? I know yes. it doesn't. I know it absolutely yeah. doesn't, but I'm so glad that you mentioned that because it often um, can be viewed as that because it is so different. Um, it's so, um, you know, and Penny, again, back to that comfortable, it's not comfortable to begin with when the organization is used to a, you know, that hierarchical 
you know, sitting, sit at the throne, you're the figurehead, that kind of thing that all of a sudden the superintendent is, is there and is supporting and doing whatever. So I think for, for me, it had to be very, I had to be very intentional in regards to how can I support you with your, with what's going on in your building? And so your, this is your building, you're the leader. What does that look like for me to support you? And so there was a lots of conversation around, you know, what, what would you like my role to be in, in this, you know, and knowing that with a brand new principal and saying, Kathy, I need you to take the lead on this. I need to see you model this. I need to know what this looks like. And then I'll be ready to do that. And then making sure and supporting and coaching that, that principal around, okay, now it's your turn to take the lead on this. Um, so it's a very, very delicate walk because it, we're just accustomed to it being and connected to micromanaging. It's a walk that really doesn't start, although the action of it, the showing up at the table, the showing up at the at the um, building starts, but the real work doesn't start for quite a while because you have to know them as a leader because mm-hmm. you're not there to make decisions for them. Mm-hmm. You're there to support their ability to think through. And it's hard not to use all of the arenas within accomplishment-driven leadership, which some of you have already explored who are listening to this, and understand that your job is to grow them, is mm-hmm. to help them move through um, the processes of what of um, making decisions that keep you headed toward right, headed toward that destination, um, and to help them understand that destination deeply. This one's tough because even with saying these things, we know that people are still going to accuse um, that it the leader of with this style of being micromanaging because to some people it's still uncomfortable. I mean, think about it. I think about the students and how they were like, what do you, Mrs. Moni, what do you, what's going on? Why are you here? And that in really becoming part of the district, I always have always felt that how do you how do you set that destination? How do you set that course? How do you navigate if you don't know what's 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 going on? If you're not in the trenches and being a part of the work, um, I don't or knowing the students firsthand, um, I I don't know how how else you would be able to accomplish that. It's always telling when students look at a superintendent and are like, who are you and why oh. are you here? <laughs> Oh, (laughs) (laughs) or when they look at the principal and say the same thing, (laughs) why why are you in the classroom all of a sudden? (laughs) Yeah. This whole idea of shared purpose and responsibility, of course, squashes, you know, this whole feeling of hierarchy, right? Although you're not giving up your authority, you're using it in a profoundly more powerful way, right? In a more effective way. Um, But when you engage with a building leader in shared purpose and responsibility. Isn't that time consuming? That was the biggest time factor in my, my position as a superintendent. Don't you have superintendent stuff to do? Well, sure. Those things happen and they continue. You you manage your time based on what your priorities are. So if priorities are to ensure that you're, you know, developing and continuing to live into that shared purpose and responsibility, then that's where your time gets 
that's managed. Emails can be checked later. You know, during, uh, my central office team knew, you know, where I was and knowing that, okay, we've got this time with Kathy from, from one to two, we're going to make sure we get through whatever we need to get through. Everybody just became very um, schedule oriented for the managerial stuff because priority was, was learning. It was kids were the leaders, were the people, each and every one of them. I think it's very time consuming, mm-hmm. but I can't fathom the amount of time it saved. Yeah. I think about when you truly have a thought partner, which is the balance to micromanagement that I, that I want to bring to that I wasn't able to come up with for words earlier, you are thought partnering with them. Right. And when you really are able to do that at this deep level, um, they don't need you for as many things and as many answers, right. That I think of the list of things that some people will have written down that they want to talk about when they know I'm coming, as you were just speaking to Kathy coming Mm -hmm. to visit with them in their building. And I think about how many emails or individual phone calls that list would have taken in order to get through it, right? Mm -hmm. If I hadn't shown up at the building on our routine, regular point in time, right? And sometimes we get out of whack because of snow days, because we live in that (laughs) part of the country, right? And other things like that. And it gets out of whack. And all of a sudden you realize, why in the world am I getting all of this? Well, it's because I'm not showing up at the buildings right now. Mm -hmm. We're, We're out of a routine. They're used to me being there. Something that might take six and seven email exchanges took two minutes to talk about at the table, connect to other things we were talking about, and they're off and running with it. So I can't fathom the time savings it created by spending the amount of time I did or do in these buildings. Um, It's amazing. And then it moves. And I know we've spoken about this in in a previous episode, but it changes the table that the administrators sit at together and the voices at that table which drives a stronger connection between them. So they also lean on each other more Mm -hmm. in the process of growing their own abilities, their own strengths in those arenas, right? Of building that capacity and having a lot of confidence in that. They'll lean on each other even more so. They know they're in the same game now. It's not a competition between buildings. We're not each building the best silo we have. And so that also takes it takes things off the superintendent plate that would otherwise feel like micromanagement. From your lens, from the leader's lens, what does it feel like to share their purpose and their responsibility? I think we've talked a lot about what it what it means from from a building leader's lens to have someone come in and share, right? But what does it feel like when you are sharing the I mean, you know, you have a role, you have a you have things that you are responsible for and now you are also choosing to share in that purpose and responsibility with with one of your building leaders. What does that either from a practical lens, from a feel like lens, what does explain that concept to leaders out there who are like, okay, you know, make that clear for me. It was peace of mind. I know what's going on in those buildings and I can explain it and not in the detail that of course a teacher could or the principal could, but from a superintendent central office seat, I can explain what we do in our buildings 
the daily routines, um, the great things teachers are working on and risking and trying and doing, we can talk about those. I'm engaged in that conversation with them right at the street level, right? And um, to me, that's confidence in knowing this is what we're doing. I don't know how you get that picture otherwise. I immediately thought I, that I didn't feel alone. I mean, that's that's the feeling of the shared responsive purpose and responsibility is that it's, it's not just me. It's not just on my shoulders and knowing ultimately as you know, the leader of the district, you are the one that's responsible. Um, but I never, I never felt alone in any of the, the navigation that was happening, you know, to, to get, you know, us closer and closer to our destination. And it absolutely didn't feel like this was my vision, mm-hmm. my mission, nope. my whatever word you want to use. It wasn't mine. It was absolutely, it mm-hmm. is absolutely ours, right? Ours. Yeah. We are moving toward this and, and we're choosing this together um, because next steps are chosen together. Uh, being able to name where we want to be as our destination is huge, but how to get there is truly the daily work, Right. And um, it's together. So it was never mine. It was always ours. Mm-hmm. Um, Any final thoughts around this paradigm shift from the hierarchical to shared purpose and responsibility? Yeah, this I is, think about this is what I want every student in every building to think the world should be like. Mm -hmm. I want them to see the person who carries whatever the title is. I want them to see that that's not power. That is shared shared responsibility, right? That we're there. We're on the ground. We work together as a team. And that's what I would want them to see. I have a four-year-old grandson who repeats all the time, teamwork is dream work, Nana. (laughs) I want him to believe that and see the adults in his life be witness to that day in and day out so that he never has to feel like he's walking anything alone. He has a team and And he can recognize when he does and doesn't or places that do and don't, right? And choose wisely for himself. I want that for every child. Yeah. I was going to say almost the same thing. I don't have a grandson, so I can't speak to that. (laughs) Um, But it it really is. I want this to be the norm. I I don't, I, I, I want us to be, to get to a place that it's not even questioned that thank you, people thinking it's micromanagement, that instead that the shared um, responsibility, this shared purpose um, is really just the way that education is supposed to be. Yeah, Thank Grant, you. it takes me back to your definition of accomplishment-driven leaders, right? Or our definition, because mm-hmm. we embrace the responsibility of ensuring growth, student learning, and adult capacity. That's our responsibility. That's our job. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you for another great episode of The Wheelhouse. Uh, this was our ninth episode. So we, when we come back next week, we will wrap up season four and we're going to somehow synthesize all of the paradigm shifts that we've talked about throughout the season. So we look forward to seeing you back here at The Wheelhouse next week. And that wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. 
New episodes of season four drop every Tuesday beginning February 7th and running through March 28th. The Wheelhouse is a production of Students Matter LLC. Our show's theme music, Off We Go, was written and performed by Cody Martin and obtained through Soundstripe.com. If you'd like to explore this topic further and take our online course on accomplishment-driven leadership, or if you have something you'd like to share or a leadership problem you'd like to see us address, drop us a line at registrar at ourstudentsmatter.org. You can find me on LinkedIn or Mastodon, and of course, stop by our website and check out what we offer at www.ourstudentsmatter.org. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify or any other place where you find your podcasts. It can also be found on our website uh, at Captivate, and that address is HTTPS forward slash forward slash the dash wheelhouse dot captivate dot fm slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you like. Together, our goal is to continuously enhance and utilize our arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, proving to each student and each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable is hard work. But being an educator is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we got this. Yeah.